Back at it again, folks. Back to the positional breakdowns. We're flipping to defensive side of ball, and we're hitting the edge right away. Pass rushing. Where is the pressure coming from when it's not Boye Mafe and Asazia Tomuo? Find out today. Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. Yes, 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 let's go. I don't know about you, but that intro gets me psyched. You are listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Be sure to follow wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Pods, Stitcher, you name it. Be sure to follow at Lockdown Golden Gophers and leave a five-star review. It helps others find the podcast. And you know what? We need others to find this podcast because this is the show for all Gophers fans. The show each and every day of the week with consistency of the episodes coming out. So be sure to tell your fellow Gophers fans. Be sure to tell them at the tailgates as we hit the football season. And it is time for the football season. And today we are talking about positional breakdowns once again, starting with the edge. And as we always do, we're going to talk about the departures first. I'm only talking about key departures or departures that may be transferred to another major program or at least G5 program. So departures we're talking about today is Isezi Otomewo. He was officially drafted by the Minnesota Vikings in the fifth round of the NFL draft. Played in all games since 2018, so he's been a staple on the team, at least contributing in many different facets. Last year, he started all 13 games, had 30 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, and three sacks with one safety. His presence will definitely be missed. His speed, his energy, all of it is going to be missed. He is an impact player that we will be missing on the defensive line in that edge rush position. He was a 2022 Senior Bowl invite, all Big Ten honorable mention in 2021. He was an outstanding defensive freshman in 2018 and a defensive scout team player of the year in 2017. So that is a big loss, but it's not the only big loss because we have another one in Boye Mafe who was drafted in the second round of the NFL draft by the Seattle Seahawks. He played a large majority of games since 2018. In the last year, he started nine of the 13 games played last year, 34 tackles, 26 solo tackles, and led the entire team in tackles for loss with 10 and sacks with seven. He was a 2022 Senior Bowl participant and he was the national team player of the game in that senior role. Absolutely went off and it led and helped lead to him going in the second round. He was also all Big Ten second team in 2021 by the media, all Big Ten third team in 2021 by the coaches, all academic Big Ten in 2020 and 2021, and all Big Ten honorable mention in 2020. Both those players were going to feel their impact gone, but 
it's not something to panic about either. It is not something to panic about, and that's what we'll talk about today and that depth chart and what we're seeing. But the last person I at least want to mention is Rashad Cheney Jr., who transferred to the University of South Florida. But like I said, let's jump into the players that we'll be looking at this year and how that depth chart is starting to shake out. We've seen two public practice or two practices open to the media so far. And what I'm seeing so far is absolutely the number one edge rusher on this team heading into the season is Thomas Rush. That should be no surprise for Gophers fans. Analysts outside of Minnesota, though, they consistently worry that Minnesota is going to have a defensive downfall because of our front seven departures, especially uh, Otomiwu and Mafe but also with Pinckney and with Du Treadway and with Gibbons, they're really acting like we're going to completely fall off. And as we go through these defensive profiles, I hope you see that there is no need to panic. Uh, we are going to be, I, as Kendrick Lamar would say. So let's talk about Thomas Rush. They hardly mention that we have guys returning that have impact. And Thomas Rush is one of those guys. In fact, he had, was second on the team last year in sacks and tackle for loss behind Boye Mafe. He had seven and a half tackles for loss and five and a half sacks in only five games started. So you're telling me he's going to get more opportunity on the field. He's going to be more comfortable with a whole nother season, off season, spring camp, and fall camp under his belt and heading in knowing he is the guy. You're telling me all of that is going to give him more opportunity on the field to increase on those numbers, which were top 15 numbers in sacks within the entire Big Ten Conference in five starts. And you're telling me the Gophers defense is basically falling off because we lost those two pass rushers? No, no. Because as we'll learn, our secondary, muy bien, but... We're talking about the edge right now, and we still have a spark. We still have hope. We still have production. And so Thomas Rush brings a ton of that production. Seven and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. He will hardly be leaving the field this much or as much this year, stepping into that larger role with a larger opportunity. That tackles production of 31 tackles in total came off of five starts. 31 tackles by him, and meanwhile, let me remind you, uh, Asazi had 30 tackles, so he outproduced in tackles there, even though Asazi started 30 er, all 13 games, and Boye Mafe had 34 tackles, so he was only three tackles behind them. I'm telling you, Thomas Rush getting more opportunity is beneficial to the Gophers, and we've been seeing it in practice. We have been seeing it in practice. The D-line is causing chaos. The D-line, the secondary, that combination has been great in practice thus far. And I am not worried. Thomas Rush is just one part of the reason why. And I think Thomas Rush is going to put the entire conference on notice. Now, the next player that I want to talk about when it comes to edge rush is Jalen Logan Redding. He played in four games in his redshirt freshman year last year. He had one pass breakup versus Bowling Green. Uh, he, I think at the end, at least a lot at the end of the season, a lot of people had Ja Joyner penciled in for that strong side edge rush position. 
but Jalen Logan Redding has really established himself in these two open practices to the media, and you see him out there with the ones on the first few reps all the time. He is always out there with Thomas Rush. So I, that until I see anything otherwise, I think Jalen Logan Redding is really just securing himself in that role. Now he's a very physical and a very strong player. He's played well in both days of practice that have been open to the media, and he is great at run stopping. That has kind of been his, his, what he's been shown flashes with in 2021 in the limited reps he did have is he was great in the run game and run stopping. But he's also showing now in camp that he is capable of pass rush as well. And I'm telling you, it's looking nice in practice. We've seen flashes. We've seen the struggles that our O-line and our offense have of dealing with this defense. And it's not because the offense is poor. It's not because the offense is poor. I mean, just trust me when I say this defense is looking nice, real nice. And Jalen Logan Redding has been contributing to that nice look. Now he has four years of eligibility left. So if he really establishes himself, he could be a feature piece in this defense for years to come. Now, running more with the twos, uh, so those were kind of the, the starters when it comes to edge rush as of right now. Again, things are fluid. Things are changing throughout this entire camp. But Ja Joyner comes up next with the twos, and I think he could be listed with the ones. We will see. He will see a lot of time and opportunity. It just may not always be out there as the starter for games in those first few reps, but he will get worked in, he will see time, he will see production. And we saw that a little bit last year when he got a little action in four games overall, and he recorded his first tackle and his first sack in the bowl game versus West Virginia. He also has four years of eligibility left. So if this group starts clicking, if they really put on the pressure like they have been in in camp, if they put that pressure on in these Big Ten games, in all over these teams, think about this. Four years eligibility for Logan Redding, four years eligibility for Ja Joyner, and every person I'm about to name after them as well has at least two years left, but most of them have three to four years. So the only person officially having one year of eligibility left is Thomas Rush this year. So if we put it all together, folks, it could be a long run with this defense and the success that they could see. Another player that is in that twos kind of rotation is Danny Strigau. He played in all 13 games last year as a red shirt freshman, mostly on special teams, but he did have one tackle against Northwestern. He has three years of eligibility left, and now Strigau and Joyner have consistently, consistently been the first two guys rotated in when it, with the ones when it comes to these practices that have been available to the media, and they also have been running with the twos as the main guys in the edge position. So they're getting a lot of team reps. They're being worked in a lot and getting a lot of opportunities in the practices that we've been able to see thus far. They show promise. Uh, may not always have this. Uh, Danny Chagall shows promise. He might not always have the speed to get to the quarterback but he does have the fundamentals and jams up the running lanes, creating a log pile in that offensive line, which can't be, it's 
uh, usually undervalued. That trade is usually undervalued, especially by fans, but he's been getting good work in this camp. Now, there's two more players I want to talk about that's been getting into the rotation, but the one that's getting the most opportunity, not as much as Joyner and Strigau, but kind of fairly closely behind, is Austin Booker. Now, he didn't play a ton in his true freshman year. In fact, he didn't play at all in his true freshman year. But that's likely to change in his redshirt freshman year. He looked fantastic in the spring game, had multiple sacks in the spring game, and he has looked fantastic in practice. He is extremely fast. He is extremely strong for his t- body type, for his build. He is extremely fast. And he's he is he has great physicality. Now, that physicality might not always be used in the best way. It might not be as clean. He might not be as disciplined, but he's got a lot of talent. So yes, he might not be as clean or disciplined as the guys in front of him, but I think he has the most natural ability. He will get looks this year and he will get reps, but until he can do the little things consistently, that opportunity might be lower than the names that we've listed before him in Logan Redding, in Joyner, in Strigo. Austin Booker, though, I think holds the most upside of possibly anybody in this edge rush position on the Gophers roster. Maybe second most as far as potential goes. He might hold the second most potential, but I think there might be one player that could hold even more just from the flashes that we have seen. Now, the last player getting worked in the rotation, but at a much lower rate than all those guys we've named, is Lorenza Sergers. He's coming for Vanderbilt. He played in 18 games over his career at Vanderbilt, 19 career tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack. Um, He's looking for more opportunity, but he's going to have to earn that opportunity, even though he's transferred in. And that's something that PJ has shown. I mean, we saw the Val Martin saga and how he didn't enjoy the time he got, and we're not going there, but he has to earn his tick. He has to earn his time. He still has two years of eligibility left. I haven't seen too much of him in practice, so it's hard to elaborate on what he's brought and the skill set that he brings at the moment. I do think I can say confidently, though, that he is behind those other five for the time being. Then the next chunk of the edge rush and the final people we're going to talk about before we talk about the statistics of this edge rush from last year are Anthony Smith, Trey Bixby, and Hayden Schwartz, who are the future of this program or potentially the future of this edge position, I should say. They're all true freshmen coming in this year, and they're all showing flashes. They're going, I'm going to be super brief with each one of these guys. They all hold a lot of potential. Bixby has yet to be dressed for a practice. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury or what, but obviously he's behind the eight ball because he hasn't been involved in the practices. Uh, That said, he is the highest Minnesota recruit that PJ has ever gained a commitment from, I believe. And he also has four years of eligibility, clearly likely looking at a red shirt this year. Anthony Smith going to be a baller. This is the guy that I believe might hold more upside and potential than Austin Booker. But Anthony Smith, in the limited 
team reps that we see from him, and they've only really been against, they have like team periods where they put out all the young guys, basically, a lot of young guys, and let them get live team reps, team looks, and work portions of the playbook. When he's in there on that, he has great flashes in practice periods, and he needs to continue to get stronger. He is a strong player, but continue to get stronger in order to bang with the ones and the twos. Now he has the natural ability, but he needs to get time to get stronger and also just soak it all in. And I think he will be a very, very nice piece in the future. If not in 2023, for sure by 2024. And then lastly, it's Hayden Schwartz. He's a guy that never gives up. He always is going hard and all, uh, He's going all out, essentially. He seems to be working his butt off, and he's great at running down the quarterback in pursuit. I think he's going to be a very hard worker and a grinder, but again, someone that just needs time to grow within the game and within the program. He does look like he has a promising future, so you love to see that from three true freshmen. Now, we're going to talk about what this defensive room brought statistically last season, and then... After that, we're going to talk about where the group, position group fits within the Big Ten. But first, I want to talk about those delicious protein bars that are just to die for in our friends at Built Bar. And so I've mentioned it before, but I like variety. And Built Bar gives you all of the variety. You don't have to get sit there with your same old flavors. And if that is your thing, you can but they have so many different flavors that you can try one one month and move on to a different and move on to a different and you can make it through the whole year trying a different flavor box each month and they all taste delicious. You can go from the cherry barcia and the raspberry covered in chocolate or you can go over to your cake puffs or your brownie batter or your mint brownie. There's so many options to choose from and they're all delicious. They taste better than a candy bar, or at least comparable. They're very sweet, but not too sweet. They're great, and they pack some power pack protein into your day. So if you need to have a little meal from lunch to dinner, breakfast to lunch, you name it, it tides you over perfect. Plus, it's got a lot of protein in there for your body. It's great for after workouts, and you can get yours today by using promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at Built Bar, and you can use that multiple times. So each and every month, you go back to restock and try one of those new flavors, you can use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. All right, so we're diving into kind of more statistics. I'll keep this part brief, but looking at this edge rush as a group, and it kind of ties in defensive or defensive tackle as well, but this Gopher team was seventh in the nation when it came to rush yards against per game with only 97.6 per game. The only teams in the entire country that were better than Minnesota in this category was Wisconsin, Georgia, Oklahoma State, San Diego State, Alabama, and Pitt. That's it. Those are the six programs that had less rush yards per game against them. This Gophers defense was elite, and I do believe that they can get back to it this year. Now, we might fall a little bit in this ranking depending on how quickly these defensive line and defensive edge rushers pick things up and get into the swing of things, but... I do believe that that top-end ability is there in not only this room, but across the entire defense. They were also second 
in the nation in opponent yards per game at 278.8, only behind Wisconsin. They were fifth best in opponents' points per game at 17.3, only behind Georgia, Clemson, Wisconsin, and Texas A&M. So this defense, it doesn't get enough love from last year at all, at all, carrying over six starters across the board and three to four other guys that were consistently playing and some having starting opportunities. The fact that we, I don't see the Gophers talked about as an elite defense anywhere else, it's wild to me. Wisconsin still gets love from there last year. Iowa gets love from there last year. Our defense was better than Iowa's across the board last season, but we don't get the love like that. And it's, it's wild to me. But if they go out there and prove it again, prove them wrong, prove the overlook wrong, then we might start to see more respect moving into the next year after producing back-to-back years in that top 10 area. Now, yes, I understand that we lost to Seize and Boye, who had most of the sack production last year outside of Thomas Rush, but people are freaking out about that. But sacks was not a strength of this team last year, so not getting a ton of sacks was not the reason why we were a top 10 defense last year. We were 79th in the nation in sacks per game last season. So the sacks part might be overstated. And then I just I just really want to touch in on that, but we're going to talk about where I think this room ranks across the conference. But first, I did want to remind you all that today, on August 11th, if you're listening to this as it comes out, today there is a practice open to the public at 7.30 p.m. at Huntington Bank Stadium. Get out there and go see it for yourself. Feel free to tell us all about what you're seeing as well and support your Golden Gophers football. All right, we're going to close the show off talking about where the conference ranks are with this edge position. I'll try to go through it quickly for you, but I just appreciate you all listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, and be sure to let me know what you're enjoying about the podcast and what you would like to see improved as we move forward. Now let's talk about the ranks within the conference. Coming in at number one, I've got Ohio State. They have potentially a top five pass rusher in the entire nation in Zach Harrison. He had 16 tackles for loss and seven and a half sacks last year. Second team all Big Ten by the media and third big third team all Big Ten by the coaches. They've also got JT out there and that for me is what pushes them to number one as a unit is because they have multiple top level guys. Uh, that paired with the history of Ohio State like the Bosa's, like Chase Young, I'll just trust it here that they deserve to be at that number one spot. But coming in at two, we've got Wisconsin. Ohio State doesn't boast the only potential top five edge rusher in the country. We might have two top five edge rushers in the Big Ten alone. So Tanner Morgan could be feeling a ton of pressure if these tackles can't step up, especially with that battle at right tackle. And that's why it's ever so important. But Wisconsin has... Nick Herbig, he had 20 and a half tackles for loss last year. 20 and a half tackles for loss. Like, think about that. Boye Mafe had 34 total tackles. Nick Herbig had 20 and a half tackles for loss and 10 sacks. Herbig actually beat out Harrison in defensive grade and in pass rush, according to PFF. And he has my vote for best individual edge rush in the Big Ten. But again, in combination 
with Ohio State, and they're multiple guys. They came in at one, Wisconsin at two. Nebraska comes in at three. They've got Oshan Mathis, a transfer from TCU, coming in. And then they have Garrett Nelson, who was their leading guy in sacks and tackles for loss last season. Uh, those two in tandem could be big trouble. Big trouble for offensive lines next season in the Big Ten. And coming in hot at number four is Northwestern. Now, they have Aditomewa, and you know what? I think he is potentially better than both of the guys at Nebraska, but Nebraska having two top-tier guys gives them the edge for me, but Northwestern's edge rusher is the real deal. He is getting love across all outlets when it comes to looking at Big Ten pass rushers. If you talk about the top five pass rushers in the Big Ten, his name is consistently in there and so Northwestern comes in at four. Number five is Iowa. They've got Luke Van Ness moving from tackle to edge rush plus they've got super senior Joe Evans back and those two were 10th and 11th in sacks last year in the Big Ten so got both those guys back again this year and they're going to meet at the quarterback just like they did last season. Now at six I've got a tie. A tie at sixth between Michigan State and Minnesota. I have MSU and Minnesota tied because they're both experiencing almost the exact same identical change. They both have their two leading edge rushers gone from the program. The third man up is stepping up, and that third man up in both occasions was also still top 15 in sacks last season. Both had five and a half sacks and were tied in that 15th slot. We'll see if one steps up to the plate over the other, but both of them leading the charge, I think tying there is the best I could do. Looking at number eight, I've got Penn State. They always have someone who steps up each and every year when it comes to the edge rush. This year, that isn't likely to change. Number nine, I've got Illinois. They bring back Keith Randolph Jr., who's looking to take over and lead the team now that the Sacks leader Owen Carney Jr. is officially gone. Coming in at 10, I've got Purdue. They, they're looking for Kydron Jenkins to take that next step up. And then at 11, might be a little disrespect from me, but I've got Michigan. They lost a ton in their edge rush production last year in both Hutchinson and Ojabo. I'm probably a little low here, I'm not gonna lie, but sorry, not sorry. 12, we've got Rutgers, 13, we've got Maryland, and 14, we've got Indiana to close it off. So again, that's one Ohio State, two Wisconsin, three Nebraska, four Northwestern, five Iowa, six a tie with Michigan State and Minnesota, eight Penn State, nine Illinois, 10 Purdue, 11 Michigan, 12 Rutgers, 13 Maryland, and 14 Indiana. That's going to wrap it up for us today at Lockdown Golden Gophers. I hope you enjoy the day. I hope you head out to that open practice. And this is Cam Rob signing off. I'll see you tomorrow where we talk about the DTEC.